Hi, and welcome to Recovered, a podcast from the Magdalene House, a recovery community for alcoholic women. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization based in Dallas, Texas, and known affectionately by many as Maggie's. In this series, a recovered alcoholic woman active in our community shares her experiences from her recovery journey as she works the 12 steps to achieve sobriety and sustain recovery. With your host, me, Bryn Hansen, a recovered alcoholic and the community manager here at the Magdalene House. Whether you're in recovery yourself, contemplating giving it a try, curious about sobriety, or supporting someone who is, we are so glad that you're here. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, welcome to the Magdalene House podcast, Recovered Interviews with Alcoholic Women. My name is Bryn Hansen and I am the host. Today, we are going to be interviewing Miss Jana. She is a wonderful member of our community here at Maggie's, and we are going to be talking on the topic of finding the solution. And so let's go ahead and start off with Jana. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Jana. I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic. My sobriety date is January 1st, 2018. Wow. Coming up, yeah. January 1st. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's gone by really, really quickly. Um, and I'm very grateful. <laughs> wow. So January baby. I think there's a lot of people who get sober for uh, January, New Year's resolutions, right? Yeah. So what precipitated you to get sober this last time? Well, it had been um, around 10 years since I originally had my first bout with long-term sobriety. And so um, after about a year of long-term sobriety, I had relapsed and just, I relapsed and tried to get sober again and relapsed, tried to get sober again. And then I kind of was just living in this roller coaster of back and forth of just managing, not managing, managing, not managing, and falling deeper and deeper into that cycle of shame, guilt, spree, take some time off, shame, guilt, spree. And I just finally... I mean, obviously, I had wrecked my life. I mean, it doesn't come without consequences when you continue to do that. But um, a lot of my consequences were not external consequences, and they were internal consequences, things that I was doing to myself, to my family, um, to the relationships in my life. And that, it's kind of funny, because I was at a New Year's Eve party with my friends and family, um, and it was just, it was a disaster. I mean, it was, I, w- I was a hot mess, like normal, um, and a lot of things transpired that evening. I don't remember falling asleep that night, um, and it was well b- before the ball had dropped, all of that stuff, in just a typical f- fashion for me. Um, and I woke up that morning, like I had many times before, I said, I'm done. I'm done with this. And I didn't do anything about it that day. Um, but I, w- I did manage to go about, I would say, two weeks without drinking, not having done anything. Um, and I had a neighbor across the street whose sister was a member of, of Maggie's community, Kat. And um, I reached out to her and I, I just said, hey, I want to do something different. I have been trying this um, on my own. I cannot stay stopped, no matter what. And she said, meet me at Maggie's over on Redwood. And uh, I, I can't even remember what time the meeting, I think it was a Sunday speaker meeting. Met her there. Tina happened to be the speaker that day, and as soon as that meeting was over, I t- went up to Tina and I, I said, "I will you sponsor me? I need to do something different." And that was that was it. That was um, all she wrote. This is all she wrote. And um, 
so my my sobriety date is January 1st because I went two weeks without drinking on my own, but that would not have been the case had I not um, stepped into the doors of Maggie's that day. Um, and I have never gotten far away from Maggie's since then. Yeah, you're very involved here. We love it. And I'm, I'm so grateful because I did not go through the Maggie's First Step program, um, but I have always felt welcome here. Uh, and without Maggie's, I wouldn't be sober. So it's just this place that welcomes people, even if they're not, don't go through the First or Next Step program. And I feel like I've been able to offer uh, another kind of experience for women who uh, come in here without having been through the two-week program. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a woman in recovery, you are a Maggie's girl. So you had mentioned trying to get sober on your own prior to this. What did that look like? What are some things that you tried? Oh, man. I mean, going back, there there are so many. But um, it's the typical ones that you see in the book, you know, changing the things that we drink, time of day that we drink, where we go, what we're doing. But uh, a lot of times I would try these um, health. I mean, I would kind of trick myself into be like, I'm going to, I needed to lose weight or I needed to cleanse myself or I needed to fast and all of these things um, I thought would fix my mental situation and the, and the shame and guilt I was feeling um, about drinking as much as I did and I would feel better. Um, and so I would try so many of those things where alcohol, I mean, it's not allowed or you couldn't do it. So I would pick these things where you couldn't drink because that was, I didn't necessarily need to lose the weight or I didn't necessarily need to cleanse my body, but I wanted to stop drinking. And so I thought that subscribing to some fad diet or to some cleanse would allow me to do that. And I just, I would make it, I would make it part of the way through, but I could never I could never make it all the way to the end, no matter what the drinking would get me. Um, I would come up with some reason or some uh, like loophole to where I was allowed to drink. Um, or And so I, I could never, ever make it through those things, but it didn't keep me from trying to do that because I thought if I can find a way to control my drinking, then everything will be okay. I will get my family and friends off my back. I will keep it under control so that I'm not making stupid decisions. Um, and it just, it never worked out. That what that led me to do is to start lying, hiding, um, because I was like trying to do all of these things that said you couldn't drink, but I couldn't not drink. So I would pretend that I was doing this and it just, it led me down an even darker path because I started to, to hide and to pretend and have, present this appearance to the outside world. And really, who, who was I fooling? Because you think you are, but you're not. Um, and so, I mean... I tried so many times, mm-hmm. um, and we talked about dry January. I used to do the whole thirty, um, and I actually now in sobriety, I it's really hard to do the whole thirty still, but not because of the drinking; it's because of the bread. Um, but uh, I like to do that now because I do feel like it's a truth. Like it's I it's me honestly wanting to be healthy, not me trying to quit drinking. Um, and all of the times before, all of the things I tried were me trying to quit drinking rather than me just quitting drinking you know and um and at the end of the day too it's easy to put down the drink for a little while Mm -hmm. um the problem for me was never being able to quit for a little bit it was that I couldn't stay quit yeah couldn't stay stopped yeah I mean and that that is the truth for me and every time I tried uh it was the staying quit even when I found a little bit of long-term sobriety 
you know, that first year that I was sober, I did have a sponsor at that time. I wasn't really working a program and I never got through the steps. But we just read in the book the other night, um, like where Bill, he, like it just, without consequence, he just picks up again after having some time of sobriety, like out of nowhere. And that's what happened to me um, when I was sober for a year, just like out of nowhere, I, things were going great in my life. I had a new job. I was at this conference with new friends. I had learned how to go out and be social and not drink. And in a moment of, it just caught me completely off guard. I ordered a tequila shot at a bar in a, in a town that I wasn't familiar with, just like without consequence, without even thinking about it. And that was my problem. Like no matter what I was doing up until that point, I couldn't not start again. Mm. And I kept hearing that story a lot when I come to Maggie's about you there, you know, the mind and the body. And really, it's not the body that's the hard part. It's the mind that we have to. That's where we have to have this experience that's different. And that's what I found. here. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that kind of just answered my next question of like, you know, how you said you found the Magdalene house through your friend Kat. Yeah. Okay. So was she involved here did she come through here yes well so she was super involved here um she chaired meetings she i would do commitments with her um and then she i guess i say recently it's probably not that recently moved to colorado and and i know she's still friends with some of the girls here but yes she through her her brother was my neighbor she was great and um i saw i saw in her somebody who was sober and happy um, and that's what I seem to never be able to, to find in that in that 10 years of trying to be sober. I say 10, uh, five of these have been sober. So five <laughs> of trying to get sober was just not happiness. You know, I could never find that peace that I would see in people's eyes that would come speak at Maggie's or were living out loud. Um, and so through her and through working with Tina and working those steps very quickly, I started to do things differently mm -hmm. um, in my life. What I would say now is like I don't work a perfect program but I am at a point in my recovery where I know what I need to do when I start to feel irritable um, and discontent what things that one my sponsor is already going to say to me when I call her and two just my relationship with my higher power is, now is so different than it was before and I can honestly stop and pause and my pause is my prayer mm -hmm. um, in my life today and you know, I used to be really confused with like, go to God, because like, well, what does that mean? Why the, that doesn't make sense to me And early in sobriety. I'm like, I need answers. I want somebody to tell me what to do. And she never would tell me what to do. She's, you know, you know, read the book or go to God. And I'm like, oh, I don't understand. But it comes with time and with patience and with pause. And I think that's what's different for me now. Like I have, I, there's an answer when I'm in confusion or when I'm in a moment of hesitation and God's not telling me what to do but he's giving me the clarity um, and the connection to understand how it works it's this universal peace or um, a connection with the higher power and spirit that really helps me to make the decision that needs to be made yeah or or repair the relationship or make the apology and amends um, where before it just was not possible for me no escape in the bottle yeah or look for peace in the bottle peace in or the bottle. or happiness in the bottle or celebration whatever feeling I had and because I know a lot of times people say oh grief or the sad feelings and for me it was also the happy feelings 
I went to drink to either feel more of it or less of it, you know, and now I feel it and it's, uh, it's a beautiful way to live and I'm so grateful to have the program because I do live life on life's terms now mm -hmm. and I don't have to numb myself to, for, the, for the bad feelings and I don't have to make the good feelings better because they're so good. So that's kind of how things look different for me. Are you or someone you know struggling with the inability to stop drinking? At the Magdalene House, we believe that alcoholic women deserve a place to recover with dignity. In our two-week residential program, clients will be introduced to what alcoholism is and what alcoholism isn't, as well as be presented with a solution, all in a loving and supportive environment. All of our programs are at absolutely no cost, and because we accept no government money, we can accept women all over the world and stick to our own curriculum. If you want to stop drinking and cannot, call 214-324-9261 for a phone screen. And you said a little bit, I mean, I know Tina, so I know she got you through those steps quickly. Had you tried the steps prior? I had, um, well, so I had gone to rehab and I got through step four in at treatment got out got my sponsor and we got I think I, n I never did a fifth step mm. and so that's kind of where it ended I was still going to meetings and I still had this I was still talking to her but we never like made it all the way through I didn't know you know you don't know what you don't know and I didn't know that it could be quick and that it could that you could do it and start getting in 10 11 and 12 quickly um, and this next, this last time that I got sober, I mean, I was, I had a commitment with Kat, like by the next, in the, within two weeks. Um, and so it just really helped me get on the tra trajectory to, to understanding what the program could do if you were working it, like, if you were working it, because it does require action. Yeah. And I think that's, for me, the big thing. You can't just rest on your laurels. And, you know, I had that year of sobriety or leading up to the year things got good. My life got looking way, way better than it had before. I was feeling better. I was looking better. Um, but I wasn't doing anything to continue to keep that feeling. And I mean, out of nowhere, you know, I, I had a drink. So I just knew that I wanted to, to do something different. And mm -hmm. I still continue today to, to do that. Even at five years coming up, I I love hearing women's stories. I love to hear speakers um, who are new in sobriety. I love um, when women call me because it's easy to forget what it was like at the beginning. Yeah. And I like, I love that Maggie's has so many newcomers and we have so many new women coming through here because, and you see the, you see them coming in desperate um, and you see them leaving two weeks later with light in their eyes and then you see them coming back a month later to a meeting or volunteering and it's just it, watching these miracles is is just I'm so grateful for mm -hmm. it I mean purpose bright spot of our lives yeah. really is true you know there are a lot of stigmas out there about alcoholism I mean I know that I felt privy to them I think that's why I tried to trick myself that I was not alcoholic for so long what did you learn here at Maggie's that helped you better understand the disease of alcoholism? Oh, I learned so much about 
living out loud here. And I, I hate to use that term. It's like a little bit of a cliche, but before Maggie's, I didn't. I don't think I would ever go around telling my story or explaining myself to somebody and ever use the word alcoholic. Um, even though I knew that was my truth and I knew that I had a problem, mm -hmm. I had been to rehab, I was not in a place of feeling gra gratitude for that. And then coming to Maggie's, being around these women who not only share their experience, strength, and hope, but many of the women who work here are alcoholic, um, and watching them live their lives fully embracing their alcoholism, um, repairing relationships with their families, being proud out in the community, um, knowing that, you know, I think that it's Lisa who says, I wasn't a bad mother, I was a sick mother. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm able to talk about some shameful things in my past with women here and not feel shame, feel like I can help them. I, uh, my friends, my family know that I'm involved with the Magdalene House. I'm so proud of it. It's mm -hmm. one of my proudest accomplishments as an adult working with the women here um, and I'm proud to say that I'm an alcoholic and right. I talk to my friends people call me all the time asking questions about the Magdalene house how can you get somebody in here how have you lived your life like this and I'm just so grateful that this place exists um, it, it has kept me sober um, mm -hmm. along with my higher power but <laughs> I feel like you keep saying I'm so grateful for Maggie's, but it, it's the truth. Like I wouldn't be where I am today without a place like this, um, and women in at this place who have who have given back so freely what we've been given. Yeah, the community really is a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, because I, you know, I've been to AA meetings, I've gone to other places, but there's something special here that it's it's hard to even put into words. But once you come here, once you come to the meetings, once you volunteer and you're part of it, you feel it. And that's what I want to continue mm -hmm. to be a part of because it gives me purpose. Yeah. I mean, you do hear it all the time and we are not lying. There's something magical about this place. It really, women supporting women. Yeah. No, you it know. is. Uh, if I chair that Monday meeting every other night and I, f I feel like I've heard everybody say, because that's a lot of speakers that are not part of the Magdalene House from other areas mm -hmm. and they just say this feels different. Um, this meeting feels different. These walls feel different and it really is true and being able to come into a place and not feel judgment um, by women or it's so many of us have had strange relationships with women and my experience all through my alcoholism though yeah. I was I destroyed my friendships um, I was just dishonest and evil in in so many ways that my disease uh, did not allow me to have good friendships with women mm -hmm. and now my best friends are women and my best they're all and if they don't even have to be best friends if they're a maggie's girl i just know that there's automatically a connection we don't have to have a deep deep friendship or, or history with each other we just it's an automatic connection it's it's, a, it's an amazing thing yeah no i totally agree with that i used to be like oh i'm i you know don't like i don't get along with yeah, women girls don't like me. actually i really <laughs> i love women I do, right and it's just we were blocked off from, or I was blocked off from uh, women relationships in so many ways because relationships with men or, or attention-seeking behaviors. Yes. That, um, now I can clearly see through through working my program that those are definitely character, you know, def deficits that I had. Yeah. Yeah. Deficits. I meant defects. Defects. I guess, it's I kind guess of they're in the same family. <laughs> 
And I think that's the beautiful thing about the community here is that we have this like built-in fellowship of love and understanding and we have people to lean on. And so I find that really beautiful that you got to find Maggie's through a woman who lived out loud and advocated for Maggie's. And so you knew where to go. And then in coming here, you found a woman to help walk this journey with you. And then now you get to do the same for women here. Yeah. I, I mean, mean the, the, even the first time I got sober, the woman, I, I watched a woman living out loud in recovery. She was not uh, affiliated with Maggie's. It was somebody in Austin. But she was my catalyst to become to get sober the first time uh, to go to rehab. And the gift that she gave me in watching her live the way she was living I want to be that for other women to say you can have happiness on the other side of of fear and shame and guilt. You can build a life that's purposeful. Um, and so that's why I think Maggie's gives us the opportunity to do that, to mm -hmm. really to, to live this life. And if I can give that gift to another woman, then if it's just one, I would feel that everything that happened to me and all of the things in my past were worth it. Was worth it, yes. And yes. I already feel that way in so many ways because I've had women that I've helped. Um, but if we can continue to keep giving, that's where my purpose lies now. That's so beautiful. I mean, that's so crazy. That's what makes us grateful recovered alcoholics, right? Yeah. We get to use our, our negatives to be turned into purpose. Yeah. And, you know, whenever, whenever I started coming to Magdalene, the Magdalene House and uh, the meetings, when people would say recovered, I was like, mm, you know, I just didn't really get it. And now, like without hesitation, I'm saying, my name is John. I'm a grateful recovered alcoholic yeah. because I f truly feel that way. Now, does that mean I don't get have to do my work and take action? Absolutely not. Because of this program, because of the Magdalene House, I feel recovered. Yeah, grateful. So what would you want someone who is listening to know about the Magdalene House? That I will, first of all, because of my experience not having gone through the program, it is a place that you can come if you just want to try sobriety. If you want, if you're, if you're living in a place of fear and doubt and you're trying to get sober, the Magdalene House is a place you can come for a solution. It, you don't have to go through the program. You don't have to be at the house. You can come and start the fellowship immediately. Come to a meeting, join the Maggie's Women's Group. There are so many ways that you can get involved and um, keep Maggie's close to your heart and close to your program. And if you're working a program in combo with volunteering at the Magdalene House, there, there's not a better way that I've found to get and stay sober and live in a in a in a in a place of serenity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unity, service, recovery. You get that all here. All of it. Under one roof. Yeah, I'm so glad that you found Maggie's. Me too. I, it's just, I honestly look back and I don't really know what my life would be like without it. And then that's the honest truth. It's given me so much more than just sobriety and recovery, um, friendships, a, a way to live on life's terms. And I, I, you hear that and that's part of the book, but... It's a hard thing to put into practice or like living life on life's terms. Well, how and like how this is like a built in. You just have to put yourself into the puzzle. It's a puzzle and you're a piece. And when you come in here, you fit in no matter what. You can be part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't think of an easier way for women uh, to get involved. Yeah. And I'm so glad you found the solution. Yeah. I mean, coming going to that meeting 
having Tina get me through the steps so quickly, it just puts you in a trajectory to um, to have success. Like you do still have to do the work and you still have to have the willingness. Yeah, it was. it's been an amazing ride. Well, I'm so thankful that you came here today to have this conversation. Well, thank you. I hope that I was able to share something that was helpful to somebody. Oh, tons, tons. That's the beauty about living out loud. You yeah. know, one person, I know there'll be one person who will relate to your story. And I'm just so thankful that you are such a huge part of the Magdalene House. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Y'all have a wonderful week and we will see you next time. This has been Recovered, Interviews with Alcoholic Women, hosted by Bryn Hansen and brought to you by the Magdalene House. I'm Kelsey Amos, host of our Setting the Steps podcast series. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new release from one of our four series. To learn more about the Magdalene House and the services we offer, visit magdalenehouse.org or follow us on your favorite social media channels.